Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 4, Episode 3, titled Glamazons vs. Champions. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one loquacious co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I saw the show! The Taylor... <laughs> the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Bonjour, lady. Bonjour. Um, I, you know, it's so funny. I'm so used to this music and the way we do the show that I want to do like the, by the way, if you're not uh, subscribed <laughs> over at Patreon, you're missing a lot. Taylor and I just talked about the divorce and he wants to move and he revealed how much his mortgage is. If you want to do that, uh, you're already part of Patreon. Join a anyway. time machine. So, <clears throat> I have a story, and uh, so Taylor and I were supposed to originally record this last night. Right. And uh, I was, I, I wonder, so maybe Taylor helped me decide here. The story, when I told you last night, like, oh, I'll tell you about it tomorrow on the show, it wasn't that much of a story. But okay. since then, developed even the more of a story so I'm like, you know, because this isn't going to come out. This episode probably won't even be out to like Thanksgiving time. You know, is this something okay. that we I say for throwing down? Um, do I do? And then also only expensive, t- exclusive and expensive tier getting this at first. Do I? And then so maybe I do them both. But the problem is that the exclusive and like Luke Stamen just bitches all the time, right? And he'll be like, mm-hmm. we already heard the story. You know, and then I'm like, oh, God, I'll do both. I don't care. Right. Where's Luke going to (laughs) go? Wow. Well, he's just he just roped it. You know, I think there are people I'm not going to name names. I think there are people who are sick of my shit and they want to quit, but they're just too enmeshed in the actual community. In the zeitgeist. They're too. Yeah, they're just they're just too a part of the they, they love being an afterthought, but they hate me. I don't want to name names, right? But I, I there's one, there's one in particular, one in particular that I'm like, this person hates me and is only here. And then also, yeah, I don't mind saying this now. There's a listener who contacted me and I was chatting with that listener. And on Discord, the listener is very goody two shoes, nicey, nice, nice. Uh-huh. But revealed things to me that I was like, oh, I don't want to. That's not who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that they're mean to me, but revealed things where I was like, oh, this person is not the person they 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 they, they pretend to be on Discord and confronted them. And they said, yeah, that's true. So Ben De La Creme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're the Ben De La Creme of Afterthought yes. Media. Yes, they're the Ben De La Creme. Of, that's a very there's an apt uh, comparison there, Taylor. So I'll tell both stories. So yesterday, <clears throat> sorry, I'm feeling myself. I was I, say, is there a reason? Are you checking your? Are you doing your breast exam? <laughs> yeah. Oh, feeling my boobs. Oh, I'm feeling oh, my boobs. Get into oh, it. Yeah. Oh, oh thirsty wigs. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, speaking of, you know, I've been on this Weight Watchers thing, mm-hmm. and there's Taylor, someone Taylor and I know that lost a tremendous amount of weight to the point now where they've lost too much weight. And he posted a picture of himself feeling himself in front of something. I'm not going to say what mm-hmm. that people might be able to track it down who it is. And this is my biggest fear: is he lost so much weight that there's all the excess skin on his face. Mm-hmm. So he's smiling. But it looks like he's smiling in front of a like a wind machine. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, ugh, I never want to get there. I never want to get there. Well, but there are other ways. If you lose a ton of weight, though, you may get there. You you may get to where you. We don't know what we're going to look like once we lose all of the weight with. I mean, he lost it very quickly. Yes, and that yes, may have. That's what I'm saying. May be part of it. But whereas I, I am, I am losing it at a snail's pace to keep my no. supple, my soft and supple skin. But what I'm going to say is, I've only noticed it with people who lost it that way. 
people who live more traditionally, I don't really notice that as much. Maybe because you see them gradually. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. I don't know. We we have I, I don't know. We I have I have thoughts, but I am certainly not sharing them on the show. So yeah, 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 yeah. Taylor's really mean. It, it was Taylor that I was talking to. Yes, I am. The, I am the cruel taskmaster. That that's yeah. that's me. The one that's just horrible. <clears throat> so anyway, um, last night, I not, but yesterday late afternoon, I was like, I want to take a shower, right? So, uh, I took a shower mm-hmm. and I stepped out in my towel, you know, my, my towel under my hair and everything like that and avocado face mask. And, and, and I, I massaged your soapy breasts. I massaged my soapy <laughs> breasts and, uh, I was in my bedroom nude oh. in the nude mm. after my shower. And my bedroom is directly across from my parents' bedroom. Okay. Okay. And so when I walked into the, my, the bedroom, my mom was in there doing God knows what, you know, whatever. And then I hear, it's almost like you would hear on TV, actually, like glass break and my mom scream, right? And uh-huh. so I uh, open the door and my mom is doubled over and she's like going like, like I don't want to do an impression, but like. In pain, in distress, and I'm like, okay. "Is everything okay?" She can't even talk. Okay. Now she's wait, wait, wait. I have a question: Is she in distress? Yeah. Like she's holding a part of her body? Is she where she? Okay, she just doubled over in distress, and there's a frame that she was holding broken on the floor. Okay, which they have carpeting, so I don't even know how that would happen. But whatever. Okay, <laughs> it is. It's I don't know. Anyway. So my dad she was, was trying to get your attention, so she hit the frame against the dresser. And then yeah, <laughs> I know. She she saw me nude, and she broke. She dropped the thing. So anyway, actually, uh, actually, the frame saw you nude, and it just shattered. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't even tell me what's wrong. So I, I, because I'm nude. I'm not in the nude. I'm I, I wrap my towel wrapper. I'm like, I don't care what's happening to my mom. I'm not running out of the room nude. Right. Right. <laughs> And so you have what they call priorities. (laughs) Yes. So I wrapped the towel around me and then I opened my window and I, my dad was in the backyard. I said, dad, you need to come up here right now. So I go in and she can't talk. And then suffice to say, we, we eventually, she gets to a point where she, she, she hobbles over to the, they have a sofa in their bedroom and she's tells us she thinks she broke her leg. Right. And, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because what happened was, uh, so this is a whole other thing. My mom's having surgery on her neck on Tuesday. Oh, I've I've heard you talking yes. about this. Are this surgery has been yeah canceled and postponed multiple times because of the pandemic. Now it's finally mm-hmm. happening. And um, and they've told her her neck isn't like if she falls, she could be paralyzed. That's how brittle her neck is right now. Okay. Oh my god! And uh, I, so I don't know why my mom decided four days before her surgery, let me get on this step stool and clean the uh, the top of the armoire, right? <laughs> so she was on a step stool, cleaning up the armoire, and she was stepping down, and she missed a step, right? Well. She didn't break her leg, but I just wanted to spoil her. <laughs> she twisted her knee, right? And what's okay. funny, and this is so my parents, I still have to tell my brother this whole story. So then my dad comes up, and she, by this point, she's on the couch, like, writhing in pain. And he's, they're just fighting now. Because my dad's like, <laughs> why, 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 why were you on the step stool? I thought, I thought, I thought, like, you thought, I the surgery on Tuesday. And then she's like, well, then why were you in the backyard not helping me? Oh, why would I help you clean the top? Who needs, who's going to see the top of the armor? Right? And as I'm standing there, <laughs> in a towel, in a towel, massaging, massaging your soapy breasts, <laughs> m- massaging my soapy breasts, <laughs> her knee has ballooned up to like the size of an orange. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I go, okay. Can we please get some ice on that? So I go and I get the ice. And I give him the, and then I have to step, and I'm barefoot, and I have to step around broken, shredded. It's like I was uh, Annie Lennox all of a sudden. 
And then I um <laughs> I love that half of your listeners will not get that reference. Half. Ninety <laughs> percent. Uh and um even though was that a, was that ever a drag race lip sync song? No, but it should be. Yeah, yeah, it I should could see be. them doing that on UK. I could yeah. see that being a a good UK song, but okay. Anyway. Uh but you know why it might not? Because she's she there's just a lot of repeating the same line though, isn't there? Mm. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah, that's not the point of the Story, so I put but, the yeah. ice on the knee, and then my dad storms off. He said, well, we're going to take you to the emergency room. Which I'm like, why the emergency And Anyway, it, within a few minutes, the knee goes back down to normal. And she, the way I, I talked to her, I get the whole story. She just sort of stepped on it and then twisted so she wouldn't fall. And it twisted her. Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to go to the emergency room for that. And like, no, we do. So then they leave and go to the emergency room. Right? And I'll mm-hmm. just end that story now. She's fine. Gonna, at this point, have you put on clothes? <laughs> yeah, I think by that point they had to put on, put on clothes. So, um, uh, but, so she's fine. Twisted knee, whatever. But they, they go to the emergency room. Then immediately after that, they leave, and Aiden had called while the, this was all going on. I said, "Hey, I'll have to call you in a little bit." So this has just happens. It's very chaotic, and just you know, emotions are high. Aiden calls, and then he. What did we get in a fight about? Oh. I was just on edge, and then I'm all like, "Oh, I know what it was." He had done this before, okay, like a couple of days ago, because he has to go to bed early for work because he opens right. So he took a melat. This is two days ago. He took a melatonin mm-hmm. when he left work, and for some reason, the melatonin really hits him hard. So by the time he got home from work, because he he's like, fourteen pounds, of course it's gonna hit. Him. Oh, you're right. So he starts nodding off, and he was like, "Oh, I'll never do that again." I was like, "Good." And then yesterday, he's like driving home, and he's like, uh, uh. "Oh, that's and not then, good." Yeah, and I go, "What's wrong?" Uh, I, t- I took a melatonin when I left work. I'm all, why the? Fuck! Would you take a melatonin? You know this happens to you. You're not only endangering your life, but the lives of others. Right? Well, he's already in his parking garage. And I go, I, I don't have time for this. It's been a really horrible hour. Click. Call me back. You cursed at me. And I was like, Yeah. He goes, Apologize for cursing at me. I'm like, No. You did no, something that bad. Doesn't, that that doesn't work for me. You don't tell yeah. me when to apologize because then that's not a genuine apology. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not going to apologize. I don't, I'm not sorry. And he goes, well, I'm sorry that I took the melatonin and I won't do it again. And I was like, okay. Okay, but that is a, all right, th- I'm only apologizing so that you will apologize to me. That, that, I have, I have one well, of the that does the same I know. Thing. So then uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry I used the F word. But I'm still mad that you did it. He's like, okay, I won't do it again. Now I can sleep. Goodbye. So then he hung up and then he went to sleep. <laughs> so then that's when I texted you that I can't. I'm all, it's just been you, – you were thinking about maybe doing the show. And like, ah, I'm already just too frazzled, right? Okay. And that was fine. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't. Well, no. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. So then by this point, because I was forever nude and whatever, <laughs> and you, you even still see the effects right here. I was like – once they were gone, I was actually, and I knew my mom was okay. I knew it was just a sprained knee, right? Right. I was like, oh my God, I can now do laundry. Cause Betty does this passive aggressive thing that if I go, all right, I'm gonna do laundry. No, I need, uh, dish rags. I need to wash. I can never do laundry. Okay. What? Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to control thing. So I'm like, I can do laundry. And you know what? Cause I had, I was, girl, I was fresh out as you're going to hear in a second. Okay. And I go, and oh my God, my hair's dry. I can't put product, but what the fuck? You know, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'll just right. do it tomorrow. So my hair's all frizzy. And I, and I just gotten a shirt in the mail yesterday, which I have right here. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'll just put that shirt on. It'll be my, I'm doing laundry shirt. And I'll do laundry. And I'm as minimal doing laundry. Everything's washing and or drying and frizzy hair. My mom calls me and she's like, um, 
Oh, because my Aunt Linda was supposed to take us to dinner last night. So she was, I called Linda and I canceled it. And, but she was already, uh, down the block. And I was like, okay. And she's like, so, um, she and your Aunt Irene are coming down. They're taking you to dinner. You guys are going to Casa Alvarez. Bye. And I go, what? And then next thing I know, it's like, ding dong. <laughs> and there, Aunt Irene, Aunt Linda. And now I have to go. I'm in like, well, the shorts just look like shorts, but they're like basically sweat shorts. Frizzy, froey. I'm in a production of Mexican Annie, right? <laughs> hair. <laughs> and then Taylor, I'm wearing this shirt. It's I I can't. It's blue, and it's. Are you there, God? It's a me, Mario. <laughs> so these two women took their developmentally disabled nephew out for dinner. Yeah. Friday <laughs> Are you there, God? It's a me, Mario. And so we went to this Mexican restaurant. And it was a pleasant. I paid for it. I snuck. I knew they would, and so mm-hmm. I snuck off and gave the, the waiter my credit card and stuff like that. And whatever. The point is, though. Oh my god! By the end of the conversation, so Linda mm-hmm. had a brother who died tragically, mm. and they gave. I knew he had died. I knew he had drowned uh, when he was like, oh Jesus, 20, when he was like in his twenties. And they're doing the blow-by-blow cinematic recount of how they all found out. And it how, is... How long ago was this? 50 years ago. Oh, okay. It's probably almost exactly 50 years because, um, yeah, because my parents, had, I think, had just met... Um, and I know my dad was there when he died. Not there, but like... In the in the in the universe, right? And it's like what happened was, a Irene's brother had come back from Vietnam, and to celebrate, he and his favorite best friend and cousin, Linda's brother, same age, went camping, and a flash flood hit. Oh God! Okay, yeah, and killed linda's brother but the story i never knew the whole full story it is like tragic dramatic and i'm like guacamole please you know like (laughs) (laughs) it was awful and then we drove home and then my mom came home and my dad came home and well then but then they were telling me tragic stories my mom like stories that i kind of knew and then they told me details i didn't know and it was just like it was just really really it was a very very interesting <clears throat> that's that's horrible. That 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 that, that but that is a, that's the whole night is that's yeah. such a bad night. Chanclas and uh, it's a meme. <laughs> but for some reason, still massaging your soapy breasts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I still had the hair. In the Mexican restaurant. My hair. Yeah, I had a towel in my hair and didn't wear. Yeah, because while I was, I was like, I'd rather just massage my soapy breasts. I'm trying to think of when I should fade out of this. Probably right here. This is <laughs> this week, the queens collaborate on butterfly headpieces for Pia Martel. Then in the main challenge, the girls write, design, choreograph, and record infomercials for RuPaul's albums Glamazon and Champion. On the runway, they serve their best gold and platinum couture. But in the end, Sharon Needles is named the winner of the challenge, while Dita Ritz and the Princess are placed in the bottom two after the one after one of the most iconic lip sync battles in Drag Race history, Dita Ritz is told Shantae you stay while the Princess is asked to sashay away. Taylor, the latte boy, named two things liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Uh well, I mean the first thing you, you already said it. I mean the lip sync is iconic, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that at the end more. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So that's always one of my favorite. I've I've watched that dozens of times over the years. Um, 
I would say something else that I really like is I liked the theme for the runway. I love when mm-hmm. they do the theme of a particular color or a particular, actually more of a color or a pattern or something. And I feel like this was probably one of the first times they did this. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought with varying success, it was a fun uh was a fun it was a fun runway uh the thing i did not like was uh, I, I, this episode i didn't like the challenge i thought the challenge was not it's not memorable it mm-hmm. was really low energy for most of the girls yeah um and it's it's clear that they are trying to figure out a way to do a challenge like this mm-hmm. but they're still workshopping it and they were workshopping it with the season 4 girls so not 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 a great episode what yeah, not a not a great episode. I agree, but and I think that you know we had a very similar experience with season three. Now, people should know as of October first, something very tragic happened in the world of Drag Race recap. In that World of Wonder, for whatever reason, reason decided to erase the memory of season four untucked. It was on Hulu, and now it's nowhere. Right, um, and so, Amazon Prime has every season but season four. To purchase. It's weird. It is so weird. I I think World of Wonder knows. <laughs> We're recapping do. this. Yeah. Nami, I want you back, baby. Please come home. <laughs> so, because Nami had them all. Nami had all the seasons. I regret I Nami, not, buying the, I'm not buying them before. I thought you had bought them. I bought when we started doing the show. Mm-hmm. I bought those seasons. So any of the seasons that we had done in the past, oh. I bought them. And because I'd already bought season four, because I bought all of the seasons of Drag Race, I didn't yeah. go back and buy those first couple of seasons of Untucked because I, one, I didn't watch them. So I didn't see a reason to have them. And I didn't know that we would ever actually do season four. Like I have season I'm five gonna, and six. I'm going to email. I mean, do you think if I email Nami? He will share the drop. <laughs> Here's the deal. Nami still is a Patreon supporter. Okay. It couldn't hurt. He, yeah, I'll just email him. He has them all. You're get, you, you, you miss all the balls that you don't swing at. True. Two things I liked about the episode... <laughs> Anyway, two things about the episode. Um, so, uh, gosh. Well, I like that we see the setup for the fight that's going to clearly happen next week between Fifi yes. and Sharon. I had, I, it's because it's an episode that's so unmemorable. I never, I don't think I ever rewatched it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, there is the, gro- they do lay the groundwork for that. Uh, second, of course, the lip sync. Of yeah. course, the iconic lip sync. Uh, thing I didn't like, not only is the challenge boring, I don't, I almost wonder, and I would love to ask Dita about this, if she feels this, like, I didn't feel she was the weakest one. I'm not doing it because Dita listens to the show. Like, like, hers was to me, like, not the best, but it wasn't the worst. It I wasn't embarrassingly yeah. bad. Yeah, I probably would have gone with Jiggly. Is that who the other bad person they were t- saying was? Madam Laqueer. Oh, Madam Laqueer. Oh, yeah. That's something I have in my notes is, yeah, Madam Laqueer for 100%. Yeah. Uh, but I think because Natalie Wacol was there, they probably knew that Dita would serve it. Mm-hmm. And um, because I think Dita even said at the time we interviewed her that um, they had changed the lip sync. And they told Dita, like, oh, hey, we changed it to this. To this, this I kind be. of remember listening to that interview that she did say that they changed it to something at the last minute. Yeah. And uh, so and she was like, oh, okay, fine, because she had done it a million times just in her drag career. So anyway. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, after LaShawn's elimination, Latrice laments the loss of her Florida sister, and the princess alleges Jiggly should have been in the bottom two instead of her. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom and announced special guest P.M. Martel, who caught Ru's eye by recording a video of Ru's song, If I Dream. The queens are split into teams and asked to design a butterfly headpiece for Pia. 
to wear in their next video. Milan and Latrice don't produce any, uh, something that is even wearable, and Fifi, Kenya, and Jiggly are named the winners of the mini challenge. Next, RuPaul announced the main challenge. The queens will be split into two teams and asked to produce infomercials for RuPaul's albums Glamazon and Champion. The team captains are Fifi O'Hara and Kenya Michaels, and the teams are as follows. Team champion uh, consists of Fifi O'Hara, Sharon Needles, Dita Ritz, Latrice Royale, and Jiggly Caliente, while team Glamazon is Kenya Michaels, Chad Michaels, Willem Milan, the princess, and Madame Lequia. Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened all through that, the mini challenge and all that. Well, I found it interesting before this show even started that it was still Alisa that Alisa, 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 Alisa Summers that was holding Alisa Summers that was still holding the check and that LaShawn was not holding the check. Mm hmm. So I wonder if that is where they asked the girls to do that and LaShawn refused. That's just, that was just sort of a like, that's, that's interesting. Cause I know that they do that in all stars. They did, they do that in all stars uh, one where mm-hmm. they had them all, where they would have them holding the check afterwards. And there are certain girls that do it and certain girls that don't. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I guess the first thing that really is sort of, I'm confused especially come because she's become so beloved, particularly by the other mm-hmm. Queens in this universe is the edit of Jiggly where it feels like they don't know what to do with her because mm-hmm. on the one hand, they kind of want to make her they almost are trying to give her like a villain edit. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. But then there is also when you juxtapose that to the one episode of untucked that we got to watch last week of where all the girls want to support her. Mm-hmm. And where it's 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 this very odd, like watching it, trying to watch it with without the eyes that I have of the previous, you know, the the last eleven years or whatever since this has been on, trying to figure out like what are they trying to do with her? Mm-hmm. Did you get any of that at all? Especially with the she was one of the last ones picked and and all that sort of thing. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily answering your question. Is one of the most annoying things about having no access to untucked is just like season three there are different villains and heroes in untucked than we see on the show it's a whole different editing team who have different ideas of who villains and heroes are and um i i know in the last episode i saw jiggly was very much i wouldn't say a villain but the the untucked was beating up on jiggly uh a lot uh people ganging up on her and because she was sort of shady and annoying and whatnot and i don't know what happened on this episode of untucked but um i i just remember her certain not being really a presence on this episode i'm being honest with you well yeah but i mean but it just feels like anytime that she is on they're sort of talking shit about her like it's not you know, whether she you should have been the one to go home or you know, oh, the oh, one oh yeah and that kind of stuff it's but but they're also kind of making it out like she doesn't deserve to be there and as we see you know especially as we saw on you know with her career and that she is involved in a lot of the other girls music videos and all that sort of stuff and that she was on pose and that she's had a very successful career and that she seems to be really well loved now and you don't necessarily always see that with some of these girls after they leave the show they kind of hold on to that that character or uh, society still sees them as that character. Yeah. You know, I mean, an you example know, of that would be her season four sister, Fifi, Yeah, you know, that she kind of holds on to that too. There is some, it is weird. There is something about her where it is interesting on a rewatch because I remember having very, I know, I know, uh, afterthought personality, Adam Salantra is a big, uh, fan of Jiggly. And, um, I remember having very fond feelings for her and thinking she should be an all stars and she did reserve redemption. And then, but now on a rewatch, I'm like, Oh, she really didn't. So I don't know. There is some sort of quality about her that you remember her. Yeah. And I don't know. And I, but, and maybe, maybe, I don't think I really even watched untucked then or didn't do it so religiously. And so I don't uh-huh. remember because I think if I would have seen Untucked, I don't know if I would have had such fond feelings for her. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, 
one of the things I noticed, I want to talk about this. So that when they're choosing teams, Kenya's one of the team captains, and uh, Madame LaQueer's picked last, and she's really pissed because Kenya didn't pick her earlier. Uh, and she's like, don't you think Puerto Ricans should stick by each other or whatnot? And Kenya didn't give her a high five. And Kenya's like, no, she's horrible. And <laughs> uh, what did you think of that when Madame LaQueer said that? I, I when Madame, What do I think of Madame LaQueer saying mm-hmm. Puerto Rican queens should stick together? Yeah. I d- didn't really think about it. I mean, I guess in her mind it makes sense, but you also – if you have a strong Puerto Rican queen, you know, if, if they're all strong and they want to support each other, that's one thing. But I think Kenya is looking at this as I want the strongest members on my team and I don't see mm-hmm. her at the same level as some of these other girls that are, are here. So just because she's Puerto Rican doesn't mean that it's doesn't that, that doesn't mean that she should be a part of the team. You know, I, I, I but I also think there is this weird she helped. She was one of the co-winners of the challenge last week. So I would think on that level, mm-hmm. that would give you some cachet to where you would want to be picked. They would want to pick you sooner. Mm-hmm. So the fact that no one did, but Chad made reference last episode of that she's a complainer and she's yeah. constantly talking about what's not going on. So I have a feeling that that the personality stands out more than the, um, than her, than her ethnicity, than her. I agree with you. Yeah, that I think that that may be it of where, you know, just because somebody is, I mean, we've, I mean, we've seen this with, we've seen this with black queens. We've seen this with, with other queens of where just because they're, just because there is someone of a like skin tone doesn't, doesn't mean that they get along all the time. Doesn't mean that they're going to be buddy, buddy. Doesn't mean that they want to necessarily support one another. True. Very good point. All right. Taylor, any other thoughts on this whole segment? Anything else? Let me, can we talk a little bit about the mini challenge? No. All right. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I get the one thing that I thought is that they don't seem to necessarily do this to the degree that they used to. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I can think of reasons how I'm wrong. But I, the whole thing of where everybody goes running for the tables. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Is there a way they could do that that it feels safer? Because it makes me nervous when everybody's running. Because it just feels like it's. I, I noticed that they only seem to have, ha- like where each of the teams only had one representative go up and run, mm-hmm. but that was still like four girls like running for this table that has all sharp edges <laughs> and things like that in it. I wonder if there's a way that they could do that. I know that they've done it before on UK when they've done some of the sewing challenges of where the winner of the mini challenges gets like a 30 second head start or a 10 second head start. Is there a way that they could each pick and get like 30 seconds to grab what you can? And then once everybody has got something, then it's a free for all, but it's not as crazy. I I feel like they've changed it now. Yeah. There, there is some, there was an element. It's funny that you say that because I did clock that there was an element to this one that felt more dangerous. Yes. Um, like, yeah, there, I don't know what, I can't remember the shot exactly, but they were like, oh, something bad could have happened there. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I feel like they've adapted that now. I, I'd have to see a recent challenge where they do something like that, where it's maybe not as, I felt that everything was much more confined and they had a, like, I feel now it's much more spread out. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Now I want to I want to talk about sort of the elephant in the room and is just P, uh, Priya Martel. Is that her name? No, Pia Martel. Pia, Pia, Martel, Pia Martel, who clearly has some sort of physical disability. And uh, what were your thoughts? Did it feel? I want to know what your thoughts were on it. <sighs> um, I can appreciate the challenge, the mini challenge, mm-hmm. to give her something to wear in a video. It felt – it'd be one thing if she came on – I mean, she was talking about self-esteem and self-worth, and that's always important to do. But there was something about it that it was edited to where they only gave her, like, a couple of seconds to do it, <laughs> to mm-hmm. where it didn't really – it kind of felt pandering. It felt very it, – it didn't feel like it was a – genuine I don't know it didn't it didn't make me feel good about no, what they felt, were doing 
it felt wrong. Because essentially RuPaul essentially says in so many words, oh, she wants to be on the show. Isn't that cute? Like she could never be on this show. Yeah. And, well, and I feel like Ru a bunch of times this episode does things of where, or no, maybe that was Drag Race UK. Never mind. <laughs> they're, they're all one show anymore where it just feels like it's, well, it's no. just all one. But, but, but there, there is this of where she kind of is, where we're going to be super friendly. We're going to be super charming. And then we're immediately going to turn on a dime and just start saying things. Like where it's clearly, it's so... I'm doing this because I have to, because it's my TV show, not because I am genuinely having fun. Yeah. Um, no, there is, it, it is a different RuPaul who does the show now who, uh, you know, like I said, if she owned that she has evolved, that'd be one thing, but it, it doesn't seem as like she owns that. She's never said she hasn't, but, but like, I think, but she, I think the Im- image of RuPaul is always that she is completely in control and, doesn't need to evolve because she's, uh, you know, a, a divine master. And, um, but it is very like, oh, it's beauty, beauty, beauty. Cause Sharon's the one that changes that. I feel Sharon is here to change that. But, yeah. um, but she's still in that mindset. And I don't know. And it, it sort of seems like a given, like, oh, this poor thing. She can't ever be on the show. So we'll throw a bone where they have to make a headpiece for her. Where the queens who who do deserve to be on the show get to throw some, you know, what do you what would be the phrase? I don't remember. Um, Adoration. I don't know. Throw bones at her. I don't know what what would that be. Yeah, th- th- throw a bone at her. Yeah. Uh, okay, Taylor. We'll be. Uh, why don't we stop it right there and we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll do the rest of the show. All right, the next day in the workroom, Fifi O'Hara feels the pressure of designing looks, choreographing dances, and writing sound bites. In an hour and a half, she orders Sharon Needles to throw on some white powder and do her goth thing, much to Sharon's chagrin. Meanwhile, on Team Kenya, Milan takes over Team Glamazon, blaming it on Kenya's language barrier. Your thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom, Taylor? Uh, uh, Fifi, yes, now, knowing enough, because now we have the ability to watch to see what actually happened before the big fight next episode. Mm -hmm. I can see where Sharon was justified in what she said, that it was the way that Fifi talked to her was very dismissive. We're starting to, we're definitely starting to see the Fifi as villain edit with -hmm. some of the comments that are made and some of the, they're starting to throw in side looks every once in a while, every time Sharon does well. And we saw that when Sharon wins at the end of the episode and, and we're we're starting to see that this is not going to go well between the two of them, even though it feels like there are moments where Sharon and Fifi in the first couple of episodes really seem to get along. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we also have learned – we have learned stuff about that fight since, but in the moment, it looks like it's very dismissive. Do you My believe other, that story, though? I think that – it from what I have believe I have heard, it started off one way and then it got serious. And then it got where it went further than it, I think they were both thinking it was going to, where okay. it got just really ugly. But mm-hmm. I th- I I could definitely see the oh hey, we have an opportunity here to like get some airtime, so let's argue a little bit mm-hmm. on the on the show. Um but we can talk about that more next episode when when it actually happens. This is another example, the Milan and Kenya stuff. This is another example of that. This is a show that has evolved because if this happened on a season 13 or a season 14 of a, uh, someone speaking up for another queen who English was their second language and was not asking, being asked to do so, Milan would be ripped across the coals, raked across the coals for that it would be seen it would just be seen as so disrespectful which because and watching it now it is super disrespectful we, we didn't see the agreement i got the impression that it was the equivalent of inviting a vampire in you know mm-hmm. in that like 
Kenya probably was like, yeah, English, maybe you can help me out. And Milan took that as an invitation to take over the entire thing. Yeah. And that it is was a really possibility. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, because Kenya, I think Kenya owns up to it, but it's like English, I'm not that, but like, like it sort of felt like Kenya was like, wait, 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 what just happened here? You know? Yeah. But then didn't have an, actually didn't have the English language skill to stand up for herself. Um, yeah. Or she, I don't know she what kind happened. of went at the, ta- at the table read, she definitely like sort of, you could watch her shut down of that. Well, mm-hmm. I guess she's going to answer everything. So. Yeah, that was very, very odd. The, the table visit was particularly odd, where Melange just stepped in. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very, very strange. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, yeah, I think we we covered everything I had. All right. During the table visits, Willem reveals she bought 30, she brought 34 pairs of shoes. RuPaul asks Kenya a question which Milan immediately answers. We just talked about that. The princess says she hasn't been given a chance to shine, which RuPaul rebuffs. Sharon Needles wants to market CoverGirl to a less dancey audience. And Dita Ritz is channeling a pole dancer turned Stepford wife. Taylor, your thoughts on these step on these table visits? <laughs> well, I mean, I think Sharon. You know, they were trying to make it out to where Sharon was being disrespectful to Rue. I didn't get that at all. I think that that was a smart thing to say. Now, granted, I think that was a smart thing to say for us to hear. Rue might not have necessarily liked it. But the Mm -hmm. idea of, you know, you are somebody who is known as a dance, as a dance artist. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's something where I can uh, we can produce this in a way that it it goes. to That's all I do with infomercials. It's like lowest common denominator. We want this to go out to as many people as possible. And Sharon saying, I, I see that, that this is an opportunity to do it in this way, I think was a very mm-hmm. smart choice that she yeah. wasn't just going to be in like, you know, a dance, a dance outfit and just kind of, you know, dancing. You know, it it, mm-hmm. it it definitely, I thought, was a smart thing. But they, again, the edit, they want you to think that is, oh, geez, what did she say? What did she do? Yeah. Um, I don't, didn't get the whole storyline that Dita had with the Stepford wife turning into, a, a pole dancer turning into a Stepford wife. Okay. That didn't make sense to me. And, mm-hmm. I mean, as we see, it wasn't a successful, it wasn't a successful attempt in the actual infomercial. Uh... That's the thing. I don't remember it being that bad. Maybe I have to rewatch it. It's awkward. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. No, we don't have that much time. We've been, this episode's too long already. Um, Babalu's already like huffing and puffing at the door, trying to blow the house. Oh, no, he's already made lunch. I can smell it in the other room. He's made himself lunch on my own. (laughs) Yes. Um, But uh, it's just so funny because it's so early here now. It's 8 30. But. I don't remember it being that bad. The one, the notes that I have actually are that um, I wrote here. I don't know what it means. Also beating up on the princess. What does that mean? Because I'm not a big fan of the princess. I'm wondering what that note meant. Hmm. Well, I think it was Rue. It, this is one of those examples of Rue saying, what are you going to, you were in the bottom last week. What are you going to do to stand out? Mm-hmm. And her saying, well, I'm just going to give it my all. And I think that this is an example of her going, mm, yeah, you've done that already. So you have to show me something else. There really isn't an answer at this point, I think, that will appease Rue to that question. Yeah. No matter what, whenever she asks that, whatever the answer is. And so so it feels like it is just a loaded question. It just feels like it is one of those where you say, no matter what you say, she is just going to say, no, that's not enough. You're going to have to do something else. Well, what's funny is, that, and I've seen Rue ask this question before, and sometimes we do see people who are producing themselves. But ultimately, if you're like to the princess, I'm talking about the princess specifically. Well, we want to see more of you or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, bitch, you cast her. So to me, this is a casting problem. If you're really genuinely upset about it because the one thing I'll say about the princess is she is genuinely being her. Now, genuinely being her is boring for RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, then you chose her, baby. You know? Yeah. Like, because in the wrestling one, she's like, I'm a pacifist. I'm like, I don't do that. Like, okay. Did, was there something in there, the video that made her think she would do that? Like, right. That's the part I don't get is that RuPaul is we want you to be you, but now try and do things that aren't you. But that's the that's the standard trope of the show to move beyond your comfort zone. 
you know, we kind of saw that though with Dita this week with where at the end after the lip sync where she goes, that's what we want to see. That's that energy, but that's more of an energy level than a personality. Um, but as iconic I, as it, as iconic as that lip sync is, even Dita says she's done that lip sync, like she could do it in her sleep. You know, she's done that lip sync so many times. How many times has the princess done it? I don't know. Thank you. All right. I basically I win. All right. It's time to film the infomercials. <laughs> team Glamazon is up first and has chosen an 80s theme for the infomercial outfits. The princess first forgets and then misreads her lines while Milan decides it's a good idea to quote Whitney Houston in a RuPaul infomercial. I don't see what I that was another one where I was like, okay. Well, the, anyway. Team Champion has no clear theme, but does have Jiggly Caliente impersonating a geisha comparing soy sauce and panties to a happy ending. Rue and Michelle don't seem to like Sharon Needle's spooky spin on CoverGirl. Is that true? Uh, no. I didn't, yeah. they, it, it, it sort of is where they, 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 were, they didn't like it at first, or they thought that she could do something a little different. But then at the end, they seemed okay with it. I think it's an editing thing. And Dita Ritz is trying to sell sex, but Rue and Michelle aren't buying. Taylor, your thoughts on the infomercials? I liked all of the 80s looks. Um, of course you did. For when they were dancing in the club. I mean, 80s is mm-hmm. definitely my wheelhouse of things that I like. Um, and I thought everybody looked great in 80s outfits, except for Madame Laqueer. I thought when she, what the outfit she was wearing was not 80s at all. But I guess it's sort of you bring what you got. And she did <gasps> Oh, do you that. think maybe she... Because don't you think her look last week was more 80s? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I wonder if she uh, blew her 80s look there. Uh huh. Yeah. But I, I, the the Milan using Whitney Houston quotes to sell a RuPaul thing was an odd choice. I get that she was definitely trying to do that. I want to dance with somebody hair. And I think that that was just, you know, but. You, you, no, that's not, that's not good. And if you're going, unfortunately, if you're going to do an idea like that where you're going to use a bunch of RuPaul songs, Ru did that to explain the mini challenge with the You Got She Mail, where mm-hmm. she, she listed a bunch of, uh, the, she, the, the introduction was all old RuPaul songs. So uh, it's just not, a, not a good, but, but the look at her face where she had the smile, they're like, okay, we're done. And then she just, she, <laughs> she just completely like her face just, just falls where she's like, oh, fuck. So it was kind of, it made me chuckle. Um, going back to the Whitney thing, is like they're, I like how they're like, oh, you do not compare Whitney. I mean, like, use Whitney around RuPaul. They're both singers. I'm like, what is it that Rose said in the last season? One of us is a singer and the other is a musical artist. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I should, I should have mm-hmm. pulled that quote for this. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. And oh, and then also I had the ones I wanted to talk about, which was um oh the only one I oh first of all let's talk about Jiggly again. Season three we see Manila, who is Filipino, doing a weird sort of offensive Asian accent. You know, just because you're Filipino uh-huh. doesn't make to if you want to make fun of Filipino people, that is completely right. fine. But you're not, you know, that was Manila. And then I feel the same thing with Jiggly. Like, why are Japanese people being thrown under the bus? That they give hand jobs and which I don't even know that's a, an accurate stereotype for Japanese people, right? And <laughs> and and soy sauce as the and, yeah, it, it's not good. Not, yeah, but, but, but you know well. why? Because it was 2011, and that was still allowed to be said. Oh, Again, yeah. that's RuPaul something that, that now you yeah, and RuPaul loves it. Whereas that's something now you could never have on a, a current season. Then I also have, and this is something we saw again in All Stars 2. Fifi has an idea that she does a really good chola. You know? Yep. I, yep. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Like, we're doing the chola again. Yeah. And as someone who is related to cholas, that is the worst chola I've ever seen in my entire life. You know? It's a caricature. Yeah, you know, well, also she's not Latina, which I, that, that part doesn't bother me. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you know this about, mm, sometime during the pandemic, I was elected the president of Latin people. Oh, and, good, good. Yeah. So I speak for all of them. And, um, that's why I can say that. You had Babalu's you had person, vote. Yeah. Oh, I know. He was the, he was my, uh, precinct captain over there in Florida. 
And, um, uh, but I've never, I don't know what act she was like, no, what you doing? It was like a weird mix of Chola with like Jersey Shore. It was weird. It's a weird, I've never heard a Chola talk like that. And, uh, it was very, very bizarre. And it was just, yeah, no. And she did it again in All Stars 2. Jump in my car, mm-hmm. jump in the car, jump, jump out. Yeah. Which supposedly it's super funny. It's detox scream laughing. Um, <laughs> then I also, then I, I did sort of roll my eyes when RuPaul started giving Dita Ritz acting advice. Did you remember that part where she's like, Adina, you know, uh, often what I do is I give the director more and then have them pull me back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, bitch. Well, they pulled you out of a season two of AJ and the Queen because that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. RuPaul, you know, international thespian RuPaul. What the fuck did you just call me? Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was not good. And those are all that's everything I had to say about the filming. Did you have more about the filming? Just the only the Fifi's team all seemed really, really low energy to me. That was that was it. That it just didn't seem like they were giving as much as the uh Glamazon girls door. All right, very good. Uh all right. Uh it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway. Sharon Needles fears her performance will have her lip syncing and says the rest of her team was amateur hour. Across the room, Fifi O'Hara thinks Sharon is just scared. Because she doesn't have immunity, and Jiggly says Sharon did not steal the show. Um, Taylor, your thoughts on all things Elimination Day? Uh, well, I guess we see that that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Every everything everybody said was incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really necessarily think. To, I, I I didn't think too much about that particular part of it because I mm-hmm. I knew at this point that Sharon won because of next week's episode. So I wasn't really, I was only kind of half paying attention. Yeah. There really wasn't much to this elimination day. It was just like, Oh, we're actually Uh just legitimately getting ready. All right. Well, now it's time for everyone knows my favorite part of the show. It's time for the look, the looks. All right. Taylor, the latte boy. Oh, yes. Uh, do you have the looks in front of you? I do. I'm going to oh, do them in alphabetical do. order. I do, oh, yes, you're going to do them in alphabetical order. Because I saved the page that you gave me last week. So they're in alphabetical okay. order, not in the order that they came out. Okay. Um, so Chad Michaels is the first one out. Uh, and she comes out in a floor-length gold lame dress uh, with really pretty sort of a, uh, a, brown, a light brown hair and her forehead painted gold. Uh, I thought this was a great look. This was, it was very Loretta Lynn, uh, in the seventies, um, country singer, but I thought everything about it was a great look. And I think the gold fork actually helps. So I like this one. All right. Very good. Okay. Next up is Dita Ritz and Dita comes out in a, uh, I don't know what you would call this. Um, in a, in a gold, like in like a breast. What? I said bustier, but I don't know what that is. I yeah, it's kind of like word. a gold bustier with the with the pads, with the spikes, very warrior esque. We're going to see that a little bit later with Williams too. The thing that I wrote about this, I like this look, but this is legs, legs, legs for days. She looks amazing. I love the short bob. Everything mm-hmm. about this is great. So it is a great look. So next out is Jiggly Caliente, and mm. she comes out in a. <laughs> well, and she comes out in like her hair. I like kind of the the faux hawk sort of thing. She comes out in a uh, asymmetrical mini dress uh, that is a silver lame. The thing that bothered me about this is not necessarily the dress, even though this is not a good look. But we have yet another fat joke made about her when she comes out, where they talk about an astro. There's an asteroid joke that I just. Again, they could, they could never get away with doing it. The judges could never get away with doing yeah. something like that anymore. And that, that to me, that is more offensive than this look goes, but it's not a good look. Okay, so next out is Kenya Michaels, who comes out in a, an asymmetrical outfit that is silver and gold. Um, that is all sorts of different swirls and patterns and everything on it. Um, I do not normally like silver and gold together, just as a general rule. However, there is somebody later on that I do like that look. 
this, I was not a fan of this. There was too much going on in various places in such a compact area that I just, I did not like it. So not a look for me. All right. So next up is Latrice Royale, who comes out in a gold uh, sheer dress with a black belt, black boots, and has little gold uh, fringes everywhere. Plus, she has blonde hair. I like Latrice as a blonde. I did not like this dress. I thought it looked sloppy. Okay, so next up is Madame LaQueer. And Madame comes out in an outfit that is... Silver uh silver spandex with a bustier and the tits cut out. She has green hair, very uh Tosia salad hair from season five, and then weird green splotches all over the the corset. I it's this look is again this is sloppy. This is sloppy and it's not flattering at all. And I agree with Michelle. I don't get why he had the weird green fungus splashes all over the uh all over the corset. So no. Next up is Milan. Milan comes out in uh, harem pants and a great gold lame top with the big, uh, big hair, big thick headband. Uh, they were making lots of comments about solid gold dancers, and I love this look. I thought it was fun. It was a play on pants, pants, pants on the runway, and I thought she sold it. This was this was a great look from Milan. Sorry, that one took a long time. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Fifi O'Hara came out in a silver uh, outfit that was a mini skirt and uh, great hair, and but long, uh, long gloves. I thought she looked very ice skater esque, um, and she talked about this being something Beyonce would wear. I can't imagine Beyonce wearing something like this. Uh, there are looks that Fifi has in future episodes that I really like, but this is not one of them. This is not a great look for Fifi. Next up is Sharon Needle. Sharon comes out in silver and gold in a silver and gold leather jacket with a big chunky belt. And she has uh, Elvis or um, or West Side Story inspired hair. She has hair in a pompadour that is all Swarovski crystals. And uh, she has uh, silver shoes on. As I said before, I don't normally like silver and gold, but there was something about this that I really, really liked. I loved her makeup, too. One of the great things that we're seeing about Sharon so far is that over the course of the last three weeks, she's had very three very distinct styles of makeup that all still accentuate and great on her, and she looks like a different person. But you can still tell it's Sharon somehow. So this was, this was a, a great look from Sharon. Excellent. All right. I'm, I'm getting them all right. This is great. Um, I, I know. Up, this, is, this might be a record. <laughs> this might be. I'm going to fuck it up. The So next up is the princess coming out in a silver bodysuit with a, a chunky silver belt and a silver um, owl that comes up mid over the head. I give her points for the bald. This is, I think, maybe the first time we had a bald queen out on the runway. So in that regard, she's a trailblazer. But this is boring and way too simple for a runway look. So this is not great look. All right. Next up is Willem. And Willem comes out, again, kind of like an Amazon, a Glamazon warrior, ready for the runway, uh, with lots of uh, gold chains kind of draped across a la uh, Rose McGowan at the MTV Video Music Awards when she was dating Marilyn Manson. I remember she had a look similar to this and a big shoulder um, pad that has a lot of big spikes on it. And I thought that I liked the look. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in the chest area just because she's sort of giving me boy chest a little bit, but I thought the look was amazing. Um, not a fan of the hair. And we have definitely seen a makeup evolution from Willem where she was back when this was filmed versus now, because I get watching this in HD, what they are talking about all the time, where it feels like you can see five o'clock shadow on Willem. But the outfit itself, I liked the outfit. Wow, oh, I got him all right. That's the yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was actually thinking you were going to get the Willem one wrong. And I was, I was like, thinking oh, I was going to get the Willem one wrong too. <laughs> yeah, but you mentioned the five o'clock shadow and everything. I'm like, wow, he nailed it. Yeah, very good job. Yeah. Well, those are the looks. The looks. All right, all right very good. Uh, on the main stage, 
RuPaul announces that the queens will be judged as individuals and calls Milan, Willem, Latrice, Jiggly, and Fifi as safe. Uh, Sharon Needles is named the winner of the challenge. Uh, meanwhile, Dita Ritz and the princess are placed in the bottom two, forcing them to duke it out in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, This Will Be, by guest judge Natalie Cole. In the end, Dita, Re- Dita Ritz marks her place in the history books and dethrones the princess, who is asked to sashay away. Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? What are your thoughts on the lip-sync, on everything that's happened, the judging, things you've, notes we missed? Le- leave it all right here. The judging, again, another example, I think, of uh, something that they could never say again, again, when Michelle says to Madame Laqueer, it was a little too much Spanish. Yeah, I made that note, too. Yeah, I, I feel like that that's another one of these that you watch this now and you can't help but cringe a little bit oh, or something like that. I, yeah, but it's. Never. And then next week they'll say that she's not Spanish enough. I mean, it's just yeah. sort of that's the way that's the way the show goes. Um. As far as the lip sync goes, I feel like when you and I and Evan all did the mm-hmm. top 10 lip syncs, each of our top 10 lip syncs of the show of all time, mm-hmm. I am almost pop- – I know that we talked about this, and I feel like this was definitely one of my top 10. It has to be one of my top 10. Um, so, it is you know, this, this episode re- plays on on Afterthought Radio, and it just – I just happened to come upon it recently – and it, th- at this song, actually, because it was a long episode. But when I tuned in, it was uh-huh. this song. And you guys both, you, I didn't do, remember, I did songs that should be lip syncs. You and Evan did yes. top 10 lip syncs. And this was in both of your top 10s. Yes. And this is, I will say that, I'll say what I said then, is that this is clearly a love letter to Natalie Cole. This is Dita giving her a love letter. And mm-hmm. it is for, I don't know what was in Dita's head. Dita was probably scared that she was going to go home. Um, but the fact that she was able to be so joyous as she was performing and with the level of energy, I mean, what Latrice says, this is high drag. This is, this is what you go to a show to watch somebody do. And it's something that while we have seen amazing performances since then, we have never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. So th- th- this this is an amazing th- this this is still in my top 10 of amazing performances it's just so great and i mean even at the end it's clear where there isn't even any drama where she was just like that was great <laughs> shante you stay i mean they're, they're not even trying to make any sort of you know could mm-hmm. the princess actually have pulled it out no she didn't um and i it's 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 just great yeah, I think you captured everything that um Oh, you know what? I do have something here. Uh First of all, yeah. Um I never realized I wrote in my notes and this is true. These three episodes Kenya's been getting a lot of love. Like where people the judges are just eating up everything Kenya does. Um cuz this week she was just you would think if I was in the show that at this stage Kenya's a front runner even though she hasn't won any challenges like the judges just fucking eat up whatever she's doing at this stage i don't i think it must change after snatch game remember that snatch game is a mess but who is so she far, on snatch game she plays she beyonce? beyonce yeah okay so yeah that's so we've got a couple of episodes before that but yeah it's uh, yeah i mean but you figure at this point there's been three episodes but only well, there's been three winners, but two of them were in one week where, Ch- mm-hmm. where Sharon's won twice and Chad's won. Chad, to me, at this point, feels like whenever you see Chad, Chad feels like Chad is always on and mm-hmm. just assuming this is a formality before they give me the crown. Yes. Even like with the where Pia came out and immediately with the crying and with the all of that. So where we are consistent. We are constantly performing. And yeah. we see that even extend into All Stars, mm-hmm. with the you know may the odds be ever in your favor. Like we're, like everything that she does, there's never a moment where we don't see her on. Which they talk about that during judges' deliberation. Mm-hmm. We get it. You're poised. We want to see. We want to see the real you. But why do I feel strange that that is the real Ch- Chad? Like, I think I've... that is. I think that she is somebody who has honed her craft, mm-hmm. and the craft has become the person. Yeah. 
Agree. That's a very, very good way of putting it. What people should know, I Taylor Latte Boy just came out uh, with a book last year called "The Real You?" Question mark uh, by Taylor Latte Boy DDS, and you can get that on Amazon uh, where he talks about this. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, also, RuPaul setting up Sharon to throw Fifi under the bus setting up next week. Uh, but Sharon's mm-hmm. not wrong. I mean, w- when we discussed that, Sharon was not wrong. It ne- Fifi was not very good team leader. And then also sticking with Sharon Needles, Natalie Cole saying that she just got Sharon's name, the joke of it. And then Sharon oh. jumps back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote didn't, a note I about never that noticed too. that. Like, I can't believe that she's I, – I cannot believe. But we also saw that Sharon made the comment about Latrice and, you know – and you know, think of Latrice's motherland or whatever. Oh wait, what are you talking like the, about? I think we're talking about two different things. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, just the fact that Sharon is just saying some of these things that now Sharon would be crucified if she made that comment. Where what she, are you talking she's about? making all in the past? Yeah, yeah. Natalie yeah. Cole was like a huge like heroin addict. And stuff. Yes, that's what. But that's what I'm, Natalie Cole says. I'm right there with you, baby. So right, but like, I think it's because she goes, oh, I just got the joke of your name. Like, I yes. get it. I get what you're saying. But Sharon took it as the drug. Re- I, yeah. I have it's, to rewatch. It was a very like, whoa, I never noticed that little weird exchange before. <laughs> it just kind of gets glossed over in the episode. And she, yeah. yeah Sharon says, about it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon says, oh, it's all in the past. And Natalie goes, I'm right with you, baby. And then just, she's moving on to the next point. I'm like, this is a very weird. Ex- Did Natalie just talk about shooting heroin on the show? <laughs> uh, that's what I have in my notes. And that's everything I have. Have you said everything you need to say, Taylor, about this episode? I have. Yes. I have said everything I need to say. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.